This episode of the Rock and a Hard Place podcast is brought to you by Tweaked Audio at tweakedaudio.com. Use the code HARDPLACE when you check out and get a nice fat discount, well, 33% off of your purchase. That's tweakedaudio.com. This is the Rock and a Hard Place podcast. I sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. You don't know the power of the dark side. Let's not stand on ceremony here. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Cougar and Paul Gibson. Welcome to this episode of the Rock in a Hard Place podcast. <laughs> my name is Chris. <laughs> Joining me is my good buddy, Paul. How you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, but I could slap you for getting that song stuck in my <laughs> head even deeper. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Absolutely I... could not resist. Uh, that that was uh, the band Sunseed. <laughs> With their song, Jesus is My Friend, which they claim to be rock and roll. Uh, however, Paul and I have uh, most assuredly decided that it is not rock and roll. It is a very early form of ska, just minus the, the trumpets and, uh, and all of that good stuff. But uh, yeah, we are, we're here together. We are back together to do another episode of the Rock in a Hard Place podcast uh, Kirk is saying that he just bought a new pair of tweaked audio headphones yesterday for his wife. So thank you very much, Kirk. Hopefully you use the, uh, the proper promo code. It's funny. I didn't get an email, uh, hmm. stating that, 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 that you had made a purchase and normally I get an email saying so. So I'm going to have to log into my, uh, log into my PayPal account and see if that actually came through for us or not. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have been apart for two weeks, man. Anything crazy happen during that amount of time? Uh, no. I mean, I went to the, uh, double word. We're going to get to that later. We're going to get to that later. uh, We'll get into that in more uh, depth, I guess. But uh, (laughs) that was fun and kind of surreal. Um, I bet. I've applied for several radio jobs here in town. We'll see if anything comes of that. Nice. Uh, a little girl is growing up more and more every day, which, of course, <laughs> tends to happen. Get used to that. Yeah. But, I mean, it's cool, though. It's cool. She's still wonderful. And, uh, of course, the wife has been getting settled into the new job her first week of classes or next week, which will be tons of fun. And we yeah. actually have a babysitter, so I have a couple of days a week where I can have most of the afternoon to catch up on stuff. And awesome. Other than that, I don't think anything really crazy out of the box has happened but uh you know it's been a good week though are you adjusting to time zone differences and to you know all of those various things that uh typically come with moving halfway yeah. at least across the country yeah to a certain degree but the good news is is because having lived in texas a lot of the stuff that i'm would would normally have to get used to having moved from portland here it's kind of like going home gotcha because, you know the accents at first are like hee hee you sound like a hick too. Oh, I feel like I'm back in Texas. Right. You know, um, 
and the humidity is kind of the same. You yeah, know, it's like I still like it, but I'm getting used to it pretty quickly. Um, and well, you know, it's what it is. How much snow did you guys get in Oregon? I mean, I know it would Hardly snow can. once in a while, but not a lot. No, I mean the whole six years we were there, I think we got twice where it was actually difficult to drive in, and that lasted for like two days. And uh, and now you've signed up for uh, much much more than that yeah. <laughs> in Nashville. So good luck it's to true. you on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, never dull with Paul Gibson, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, there's a new podcast idea for you. Never dull with Paul Gibson. Uh, let's see what we've Sounds got. Uh, yeah, a little bit, huh? <laughs> a little bit, huh? All right, so let's pop out our. Uh, our Google document here, and let's kind of see what we have going on in the headlines today. Uh, still trying to adjust my screen here. I'm a little slow today. It's taking a week off is taking a toll on me. I think. Uh, let's see here. Jesus Freak Hideout celebrates 19 years with the re- release of a fifth volume of a popular indie mu- indie music compilation series. Could you have written that any more difficult to read? I, I copied it from the web. Could they have written it any more <laughs> difficult to read? Jesus Freak Hideout celebrates 19 years with the release of a fifth volume of popular indie music compilation series. Okay, I officially hate you right now. <laughs> Boom! Nailed it! <laughs> <laughs> All right. JesusFreakHideout.com, one of the pioneers of Christian music media on the web that has helped pave the way for similar media outlets, is celebrating 19 years online. To celebrate, the JFH team is releasing the next installment of their popular indie MP3 compilation, Songs We've Been Trying to Tell You About and Others We Haven't, Volume 5. It's the biggest compilation to date, offering 53 songs and artists. Uh, it's the first to feature original cover artwork drawn by uh, Jesus Freak Hideout founder and editor-in-chief John, is it uh, DeBasey? D-I-B-I-A-S-E. Sure. Hmm. Fans can also enter to win a limited edition uh, numbered prints of the artwork uh, as part of the site's anniversary celebration. You can uh, go there and, and enter the contest. Uh, additional prints are available for purchase in his online art shop to support Jesus Freak Hideout. Now, uh, it looks like this is a totally free thing. And actually, we're, we're talking about the artwork. Let me uh, let me grab this here and actually put it up so that people in the chat room can see what exactly is going on. Uh, so here we have what kind of looks like Marty McFly in Back to the Future, <laughs> which I think is what it's supposed to, uh, when he goes in to wake up his uh, his dad... And he's in the hazmat suit. Yeah. So, uh, and he's got the stereo. He's holding out the the Walkman. Uh, it's just to give the people listening and not in the chat room an idea of what it is that's uh, that's going on there. Okay. So, among the artists represented uh, on this album is uh, House of Heroes, Fireflight, Jars of Clay, Kevin Max, Gungor. Are we really trying to... Well, I guess maybe those fall in the others we haven't tried to tell you about. I'm like, does House of Heroes, Fireflight, Jars of Clay, Kevin Max, Gungor, Remedy Drive? I mean, we all know them, right? Right. Uh, yeah, but it's not necessarily stuff that's totally outside the box. There's, there's, I would say probably about 
uh, I'd say it's probably in thirds. Like there's a third of it that's really well known, a third of it you probably heard of before, but maybe haven't heard. And then the other third is stuff that you've never heard of at all. So at least that's how it breaks out for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, there's, there's a lot going on there for sure. So, uh, you know, if you are interested, it's a, it's a free sampler, 53 tracks. I'm guessing most people are going to have most of this stuff already. Uh, so it's certainly something that you can, uh, take a look at and see if you really want to grab it. Looks like there is, uh, let's see, Justin McRoberts and Wilkes that have not previously released Audrey Assad, Copper Lily. That's the, um, Philmont or no, no that's the is Jars the of Clay. The, is, uh, House of Heroes lead singer and his wife. Oh, Tim, right, right. House of Heroes. Tim okay, and, gotcha. And Stephanie Smith. Uh, the Wedding's Matt Shelton, a reunion single from Poor Old Lou, Plato, The Gray Heavens, Sam Ock, The Lost Days of Summer featuring Guardians Jamie Rowe and uh, the Robbie Say Band. So lots of cool music there. If you are interested, you can certainly head over to Jesus Freak Hideout and uh, download it. So we're stoked that they've been on for 15 years. I did not even realize that. That's fantastic. All right. So this next story is about a band that split, or at least stopped making music. They they lost their drummer. He went off to do other things. Um, but then the article makes it sound like they're getting back together. This is under oath that we're talking about here. Uh, the article makes it sound like they're getting back together, but then there's no official plans of them to actually get back together. So it's like, Under Oath is back together. And then you read the article and you're like, they're playing a one-off and there's no, they're open to the possibility of doing music together again, but there's nothing official. And it's headlines like this that really, it's just, you know, that bait click. It's like, Under Oath is back together. And you click on it and you find out, no, they're not back together at all. And there's no official plans uh looking at getting them back together yet. We're going to put that in the article just to make you click the link and see what's going on. Well, but Hey though, I, I will say this to me, I think it, considering how it didn't feel like things were great when Aaron left, it, I think it's a pretty cool thing that they're willing to get together just to play a show together. Right. It didn't seem like things were all that great at that time. So, you know, so making some progress. That this is true. This is true. So Chamberlain says, I want to leave things open-ended. I don't think we're ever going to be a full-time band again, but I don't like the idea of being closed off to things. That was so hard about the farewell tour because it could have been uh, that we were going on an indefinite hiatus. And I think now the idea of the hiatus is off. Are we writing? I don't know until we get in a room together. Are we going to do another tour? I don't know. Like everyone has their schedules to work around, but maybe when we get home... We decide we could squeeze in Europe or Australia if the stars align. I mean, there's all these open-ended stuff. Nobody's really saying uh, much of anything. Gillespie himself says, I would never rule that out. But for me, I don't know that it's possible. I'm so busy. I own a studio. I've been playing for Paramore. I'm doing my solo thing. And we all have families. Is it feasible with all that going on? That's the main part of the situation. So, again... The headline <laughs> says <laughs> they're getting back together, but they're not. Right. They're not. So uh, let's let's move on. Silent Planet, Paul. I'm going to let you take this because because uh, you know way more about this than I do. 
Okay, so if you like metal and you like Silent Planet and you're also a vinyl nut, you should be very happy because they're going to release the night that God slept on vinyl through Solid State Records, which, of course, is their home record label. And uh, you should check that out if you're interested in, in it. It's a clear vinyl, which is pretty dope. And I believe it's already up for orders on SolidStateRecords.com. Now, another thing that is coming right alongside that is the announcement that not only will... Um, under Oath be playing the uh, Self-Help Festival, which is their reunion show or whatever. But also at the same festival, Further Seems Forever is getting back with their lineup from their album, How to Start a Fire. But also, if you're a fan of Further Seems Forever, they're also releasing their most popular album, The Moon is Down, which was their debut record on record, as in vinyl record, for you guys as well. It's been kind of rumored around the internet for a little while. And it's been confirmed, but no one's actually put up a non-blurred picture of what it's going to look like. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to be clear. Seems that way. Anywho, so we're, we're going to see. But um, I know that there will be a bunch of fans that will be totally stoked about that. Because anytime Further Seems Forever gets brought up, that's the album that everyone mentions. Because that was when uh, Chris Caraba was still the lead singer of the band before he went on to start, you know, Dashboard Confessional and all that. So it's yeah. kind of the most popular version of them. So it'll be fun. All right. Awesome. Good deal. Uh, now, we've got some info here about a uh, a day to remember headlining the Self-Help Festival. It's going to be down in San Bernardino, California. Yeah, uh, that goes along with the Further Seems Forever. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't show the... Remember, I think they're a mainstream band. But yeah, that's the festival that Under Oath is playing and Further Seems Forever is playing. It looks like they've got uh, August Burns Red playing Issues, uh, Further Seems Forever, Let Live, and Tonight Alive. It's going to be happening. Oh, and it says there's more to be announced. So uh, March 19th of 2016, if you guys are going to be down in the San Bernardino area, you can certainly check that out. All is right. it bad that every time I hear the name San Bernardino, all I can do is hear Bugs Bunny say it like it's one of those cities that he always gets lost to <laughs> on his way to Albuquerque? Knew I should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, some sad news for Fireflight. Adam McMillan, their drummer, is going to be taking flight. He's going to be heading off into the blue yonder. Uh, it says a uh, long time Fireflight drummer to leave the band. We are excited to begin the small town America tour with seven day slumber in advance of the upcoming tour. We have to make the sad announcement that Adam McMillan, our drummer since 2011 is stepping away from the band. Adam is leaving Fireflight on the best of turns and will remain a brother and friend. His uh, contribution to the last two Fireflight records and hundreds of shows over the past four and a half years has been paramount. We could not think or speak any more highly of a person than we do of Adam. He is a he is a one of the most amazing people. People need to like check their <laughs> check their grammar before they post this. He is a one of the most amazing people that we have ever had the pleasure of working with. Even though we are sad to see him move on, we fully support Adam in every way and wish him the utmost. They said utmost. It's utmost people utmost success in everything he endeavors to do. We will miss Adam and his wife, Katie on the road, but we are excited to see where God takes them. Hashtag Adam McMillan, hashtag Godspeed, hashtag new season, hashtag new journey, hashtag fireflight. And yes, I had to do the hashtags. Yes. Uh, I could have done the whole Jimmy Kimmel thing hashtag, but uh, I did not. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I refrained. I refrained. Um, have you we have we heard who is going to be taking over for him as they head out on tour? Uh, I think Adam, I, I think uh, Gillespie's kind of busy. So, right. And for what it's worth, before we get into the next story, this in a row. Um, yep. I have to find something for that real quick, so we can. Okay. We can. Well, that's stuff. you know what I've got a uh, I've got an other stuff to play. And I've got a review to play. So we've got time for you to do that. Uh, do you need like five minutes or three minutes? Let's do five. Let's do five. Okay. So here is the, uh, here is the review and it's Jay this week. And uh, let's, let's see what it is that he's talking about. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. And a hard place. New, new music. Kevin Max. Broken temples. You light me up, you light me up. Out of the dark, change my heart. In the ambition, in my life of permission to grow. I have thought for some time that Kevin Max has one of the most unique voices in the Christian market, and to be honest, I think he stands up against any artist in that respect. That he has a great voice, and it isn't a generic, hear-it-everywhere voice. It's a voice all his own. No one sounds like him, and I hold him in high regard for that. It's been over 10 years since K-Max ventured out on his own after the demise of Christian music's most beloved, DC Talk. It says a lot considering only three out of those five albums are tolerable, as the hip-hop was a bit much to handle. But come free at last, the band really figured out how to utilize everyone in the band in a way that didn't feel so forced, and the songwriting started to get much better. It wasn't perfect, but was gaining some traction. It wasn't until Jesus Freak that I found that they really found their niche, and the songwriting had become quite enjoyable without the need to cringe. Now, all these years later, K-Max is out on his own after bowing out of the reformed audio adrenaline with his sixth full-length record, Broken Temples. In front of me, I have the deluxe version that includes 15 tracks and some of the better material for which I'll explain shortly. Broken Temples opens with the U2-esque Good King's Highway. This song is a pretty standard radio formula song. Here's the catch, though. It's really good. The lyrics are insightful and well-written. It's structured with a mid-tempo verse, short and slow bridge, just before the upbeat and ever-catchy chorus. Just in case you thought I was opposed to everything that would fit an adult contemporary, here you go. I'm really not. Just give me something worth listening to. The next two tracks include Light Me Up and Just As I Am. Light Me Up feels just like a run-of-the-mill pop alternative song with less notable lyrics and feels like a weaker version of Good King's Highway. Similar structures, just not as memorable. Slow mid-tempo verses with a slowdown just before the chorus that is upbeat and catchy. Just not as good as Highway and the Light Me Up is tired to me. This is the song where the title of the album comes from as well. Just As I Am spins the formula a little differently, but again, just doesn't feel that memorable, with Just As I Am feeling like a tired concept in Christian music. Things get a little more interesting with Clear, with a funky beat and cool guitar lick that really carry the verses. This song feels very Brandon Flowers, where even vocally at times, I hear the killer's frontman. I know I said Max is unique, but every singer has their mimicking abilities at some point. With some electronic elements, this song is the next great memorable song from Broken Temples. That was then, this is now, channels Max's inner U2 frontman Bono, while White Horse goes back to the same formula that started the album, slow to mid-tempo verses, with catchy courses. Next, we are met with two unfortunate remixes, another big mistake, and going clear. These two are on the standard portion of the album and just feel very unnecessary. I'm not even a fan of them to begin with, and these two tracks just kind of muddy up the flow of the album. 
Infinite closes the regular portion of the album and is pretty good actually. Much more interesting than what preceded it. A song that you can definitely clap along to, lyrically straightforward, but definitely memorable. Memoria is a demo version, and I can't figure out why they didn't finish the song before throwing it on the album. It feels like it was recorded three decades ago, which works in its favor with the actual sound of the song. I would have just liked a proper finished version. Freak Flag makes a throwback reference to Jesus Freak, which I'm sure everyone sees a mile away. This would have made a great DC Talk or Audio Adrenaline song. It's one of the rockier songs on the album. I'm being generous with rockier, but it's a good song overall. This song should have been on the standard edition of the album. It really carries a late 90s alternative rock vibe. The album ends with Desperate Heart, a nicely 80s influenced song that also should have been on the standard edition. The album ends with the pointless demo version of That Was Then, This Is Now, an underproduced version of a previous song. Broken Temples is an average to good album. This deluxe edition is a necessary evil though. Some of the stronger, more interesting tracks such as Lay Your Weapons Down, Freak Flag, and Desperate Heart need the deluxe version. The strong songs are very strong, while the weaker tracks kind of weigh this project down. Two unnecessary demos, two unnecessary remixes, and some very filler tracks keep this album from being great. I would skip purchasing the full album and get the standout tracks such as Good King's Highway, Clear, That Was Then This Is Now, Infinite, and then the three songs off the deluxe portion, Lay Your Weapons Down, Freak Flag, and Desperate Heart. Kevin Max has some great performances on the album, and lyrically, it's down the middle. Some great lyrics, some mediocre. Nothing necessarily bad, just a bit on the underwhelming side. I give Broken Temples two and three quarter to three rocks out of five. Wow. Okay, before we get any further, I have something to say to the Canadians. <laughs> okay. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Take off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. Uh, wow. Okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> Jay is entitled to his opinion. And I also want to say, I also want to say happy birthday, Jay. Okay. Happy so birthday. T- today is his birthday. So, uh, so happy birthday. And uh, I don't know, maybe he's pushing an age that causes him to be kind of the grumpy old man uh, of the group at this point. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm mostly kidding. Mostly kidding. Um, Take off. That's right. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Fleshy had a mutant in the forbidden zone. I would investigate. Um, so, uh, you know, you go back and you listen to the first two DC Talk albums, the self-titled album, and then uh, New Thing. And while both of them are have their share of cheese. What was that second one called again? New Thang. N-U-T-H-A-N-G. New Thang. I just you say it. That's New Thang. Um, while they both have their share of cheese, there are a few really good tracks uh, within them, and you've got to consider the time oh, when yeah. those came out. I mean, Christian rap in the 90s, uh, you know, DC Talk's uh, first album, I think, came out in 1990. Um, yeah. There was nothing else like it. It was all uh, PID, Preaches in Disguise, which were basically rapping Bible verses. Like, that was that was the existence of the content, um, the extent of the content at that time. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I think, I, I, I don't feel like uh, maybe I'm looking at it through rose-colored, st- you know, r- through rose-colored glasses. Maybe I'm remembering it more fondly than uh, somebody who can be more um, analytical or or uh, whatever about it. Maybe maybe this is my issue. Um, but I didn't think. It- Go ahead. I, I think this is where it comes from for you and I. We're old enough to remember when that was really cool, 
So ultimately for us, I think it falls in the category of you're not allowed to make fun of that. Only we can make fun of that. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. That's a very good possibility. I will say that I did like uh, Kevin Max's Broken Temples. I mean, it's a very yeah. different sound than what I would typically listen to. Um, you know, but for me personally, I thought it was a good album. I thought it was well done. And I've always been a fan of Kevin's voice. Uh, his vocal is is really, really good. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know. Jay, I, I feel like you m- might have missed the mark on this one. Or you, maybe you were expecting too much. I'm not sure what the... Not sure what it is there, but uh, hey, you know what? That's why we have somebody else do this is because they get to express their opinion and we can decide whether or not we uh, we want to agree with it. Right. I choose not to agree. <laughs> so uh, what's what's this next thing we got going on there, Polly? Well, um, this week on the Christian Rock 20, we have an interview with Kevin from Disciple. And of course, that's always a pleasure. This interview actually went a whole lot longer than I really expected, but it okay. was a lot of fun. And towards the end, like, I didn't even bother asking, like, what are you guys working on now? Because I'm like, Attack feels like it just came out, right? And we talked about so many other things and their best of record and all that good stuff. And then at the end, I was just like, in the middle of telling him, you know, that I appreciated that they were a band that had been around for a while and was still putting out good music and all that good stuff. And this is what he said. We're putting out an EP called Vultures. It comes out in a couple of months. We're oh, very nice. excited about it. And uh, we've already got around 25 songs written for the next album after Vultures. And okay. um, so we probably probably will start working on that in December. So they're going to start working on another full length in December. Sometime within the next couple of months, they're releasing an EP. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> guys are like the busiest folks in Christian rock, I tell you. Right behind Striper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, I mean, so there's something to be said about being prolific. You know, it keeps you in the forefront, but it's also a ton of work. You look at bands, and, and I know we've talked about this many times on on this very show, um, but you, uh, you know, you look at bands like Skillet, who go four years between albums, and yet they still maintain their presence because they have so many good tracks it's easy for multiple songs to be a single and to take the time to climb the chart disciple has never had those multiple songs chart i mean they've had a couple songs per album but not like skillet where half the album could be considered singles you know and that's not a, a dig on disciple at all because they're really good and i really enjoy their stuff but, you know, I mean, it just it's one of those things that, that I think people don't necessarily see that in order for a band like Disciple to stay present, you either have to do one thing and, and do it exceptionally well, or you put a lot of stuff out there. And, and I don't want to say just kind of see what sticks, but their songs are going to resonate differently than a band like Skillet. Yeah, that's true. And now... Uh- this also is something worth mentioning that was not in the little news update because I honestly forgot about it, but they're doing kind of almost a March Madness style bracket to figure out what fans think is their best song ever. Right. So you guys should totally check out their Facebook feed for that. Um, they've already gone through each album. They've got the top song from every album they've ever released, including uh, What I Was Thinking and My Daddy Can Whip Your Daddy, which are kind of before they were really known. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, that's pretty cool. So uh, I put in my votes on all those, except for what uh, what I was thinking, because I honestly have never heard that record. I very much want to, but I've never heard that album, their very first one. Um, but anyway, so I put in my two cents. You guys should, too, and go check it out. Awesome. Good deal. 
Well, before we hit our main topic, we're going to do our uh, other stuff from Kirk this week. And uh, let's check it out and see what it is that he wants to share with us today. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Joy Williams has had two distinct musical careers, one as a pop inspirational CCM artist and one as half of the folk duo, The Civil Wars. Now she starts her third musical career by blending the styles of her previous two with her new solo project, Venus. Musically, the album is very modern, with some heavy beats and pop moments, while giving fans a glimpse of what might have been next with the Civil Wars with some very poignant songs. Lyrically, the album is about women power and being uplifting for women. While lyrically the album is not targeted at me, the music is really good polished indie pop music. And yet, with the exception of a few tracks, Williams does not stick to the standard pop formulas, throwing in her own folk flavors in as well. Venus by Joy Williams is available everywhere now. This has been Captain Kirk with The Other Stuff for the Rock and the Hard Place podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Kirk. Appreciate that uh, very, very much. I'm wondering if, uh, if her album is talking about how to be a woman. Maybe she and Ariel could get together and, uh, you know, she could give her some pointers. <laughs> maybe smooth things out. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe help her understand how a woman <laughs> reacts. Uh, wow. Did I really just say that? I think I did. I think, I think you did. I think you went there. I think you hear me knocking. I think I'm coming in, and I got a box full of Eskimo pies I'm bringing with me. Sorry, that's from an old MTV commercial. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis Leary is talking about how uh, he doesn't want uh, he doesn't want anything on MTV but Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford all the time. <laughs> uh, Cindy, one of the lines he says is like uh, Cindy Crawford sitting in a I don't know sitting on the hood of a car eating an Eskimo pie, and he just goes off. You know, instead of House of Style, House of Cindy. Instead of this, I want this. Instead of that, I want this. And at the end, he goes, uh, I think you hear me knocking, and I think I'm coming in, and I got a box full of Eskimo pies I'm bringing with me. <laughs> so, sorry, a little blast from my past there. Uh, let's see. Paul, you had a unique opportunity being in the area you are. You actually got to go and sit in a place and listen as they announced the Dove Award nomination. So why don't you share a little bit what that was like and uh, kind of what the experience was, what you saw, and then we'll go through the list and, and kind of um, uh, see who we think might actually pull some of these uh, wins off. Right. Um, 
I'll be honest, it was very cool being there and being a part of it. However, I will say that the actual ceremony part was a little underwhelming because you just never quite, I didn't know really what to expect. Right. Um, but it went very, very fast. I mean, there was, I think there was more time introing the actual event than the event itself. Um, <laughs> okay. The part that was, the part that was genuinely fun was afterwards when you got to go and, you know, hobnob with red and audio adrenaline and, uh, oh shoot. What's the guy's name with the funky hair who, you know, did, uh, American Idol, who's such a big deal now. I oh, Colton think. Dixon. Colton Dixon. He was there. Um, and then a few other people were there as well. So, I mean, that part, I think, was more interesting to me. The The actual nomination ceremony was just basically people getting up and reading a list. Um, and then they had some that were not live Skyped in, but had created a video message of them reading the list. Okay. Um, so, basically, it was like, it was, it, it was... It has to be done that way. There's no other way really to do it and make it really that much more exciting. So I don't know what I was expecting, but it's the equivalent of of hearing somebody really famous read a takeout menu. So was that it you've never w- seen before? Was it kind of like this? I don't see how that's a party. Kind of, kind of. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I I, I don't know. I think my brain was just going somewhere completely different. Right. Um. And of course, all the people that are there are press people. So they aren't acting all that excited about it. So it's like, a, it's like reading a takeout menu to someone who isn't hungry. Okay. Gotcha. So, I mean, it was a lot of that. It's like, everyone's taking notes, trying to madly be the first person to put up the stuff online to say who's got nominated and all that stuff. Yeah. And they didn't even do the full list. So there was a couple of categories they didn't even read out loud. Oh, wow. Um, so some of it was on a press release that you grabbed on the way out the door. So um, how did you how did you get invited to go to this? Is it because you are the Christian Rock 20 or was this? <laughs> well, oh, so is this like an open to the public thing? I, I, I don't I, understand how this works. It was I mean, you kind of had to know about it. Um, but th- yeah, I mean, no one ever asked me why I was there, who I was with, you know, if I needed to leave. I mean, I came in, I, I wore my fun little press badge things and you know my backstage passes on my lanyard you know looking the part and you know dressed somewhat nicely and and i got there early so i but i mean i got there and michael from red was just kind of walking around outside the room just talking on his cell phone and you know i don't know i mean it wasn't necessarily an invitation thing i looked all over the place and couldn't find anywhere where you were supposed to ask to go okay um for the double awards that's entirely different i mean you have to either have a ticket or you can get a press credential and then you can go into the press room, which is basically a room somewhere in the same building where you can watch it live on TV. But do you, do you actually like get to talk to any of the folks in the press room? Yes. Like the artists come in that press room after they win. Oh, gotcha. Ask them questions and stuff like that. So, I mean, there is a purpose to it, but it's just kind of funny because you don't actually see it in person. You see it on a TV screen in the, in the side room. Um, (laughs) You're like, I'm a hundred feet away from the stage. Right. <laughs> like I could be in the room watching all of this happen, but I'm sitting here instead. Right. Exactly. So anyway, I mean, I think it'll be good. Uh, you know, and I'm hoping to go to that. I've got my nice little request in for getting press credentials for that. And if not, then maybe I'll just try and get a ticket, but yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it was good. I got to catch up with, with Adam, a G or a G or whatever from audio adrenaline. And that was fun. Stellar cart and, and stellar cart. Yeah. And then, um, sorry, I cannot of- say Adam from, audio adrenaline i just i have such a hard time with that yeah (laughs) but that was fun uh, catching up with him and then i talked to one of the other uh members of audio a 3.0 who was uh in waverly and that was fun oh is that Um, uh dave i think right yeah 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 yeah, dave yeah 
So that was cool. And then got to talk to the guys from red and that was fun. And then, um, this was totally random. I, I was catching up with the, with the people from juice TV, which used to be JC TV. Okay. And one of their guys who was helping with the lighting and the, in the video and stuff for that used to be in, in a Christian techno band back in the nineties called prodigal sons. Oh, wow. Um, they were on like MYX records and Metro one. And so we <laughs> talked about that for a long time and exchanged email addresses. That was really cool. Nice. Um, but anyway, and, and really random. So, I mean, t- the fun part for me was just making all these connections. Like, I met some of the publicists that you and I and Tim regularly work with for, for bands. Okay. And so that was really cool. Like, Stacey Vining was there, mm-hmm. and uh, a few of the other people who I work with fairly frequently were there. And, and they were like, hey, you look for, oh, you're Paul from the Christian Rock 20. I was like, yeah, they're like, oh, cool. So <laughs> nice. that was kind of fun. That's awesome. Um, so, I mean, that was the fun part for me, the actual, like, nominations thing was interesting but it, it wasn't like uber exciting because we were all press people no one was there to go yes disciple Woo! <laughs> so it wasn't a lot of that that's what the awards are for exactly exactly so uh, you know it was just getting used to that mindset so next year i'm sure it'll you know it'll 